as I'm sure all you guys already know, I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Borja's. So I wanted to sort of step into the controversy a little bit about the most underrated, criminally underrated Borja's poems. So this is my list of the four most criminally underrated Borja's poems. So number one on my list is Borges and I. Now, I know a lot of people like to complain about this poem. Uh, people say like, you know, how is this even a Borges poem? There's no labyrinths in it. There's no tigers in it. Uh, there's no chess. Um, and you know, I, I would just say to that, like, you can have a Borges poem without those things. In the poem, Borges says that he can recognize himself more in the laborious strumming of a guitar than in the books that he wrote. And I just love that. Like, I could totally relate to that. And I, and I love the line, my life is a flight and I lose everything and everything belongs to oblivion or to him. Like, what's, what's a better way of describing the mystery of identity and the mystery of consciousness? The other one, the one called Borges is the one things happen to. I walk through the streets of Buenos Aires and stop for a moment, perhaps mechanically now, to look at the arch of an entrance hall and the grillwork on the gate. I know of Borges from the mail and see his name on a list of professors or in a biographical dictionary. I, like hourglasses, maps, 18th century topography, the taste of coffee, and the prose of Stevenson. He shares those preferences, but in a vain way that turns them into attributes of an actor. It would be an exaggeration to say that ours is a hostile relationship. I live, let myself go on living, so that Borges may contrive his literature, and this literature justifies me. It is no effort for me to confess that he has achieved some valid pages, but those pages cannot save me. Perhaps because what is good belongs to no one, not even to him, but rather to the language and to tradition. Besides, I am destined to perish, definitively, and only some instant of myself can survive in him. Little by little I am giving over everything to him, though I am quite aware of his perverse custom of falsifying and magnifying things. Spinoza knew that all things longed to persist in their being. The stone eternally wants to be a stone, and the tiger a tiger. I shall remain in Borges, not in myself, if it is true that I am someone. But I recognize myself less in his books than in many others, or in the laborious strumming of a guitar. Years ago, I tried to free myself from him, and went from the mythologies of the suburbs to the games with time and infinity, but those games belong to Borges now, and I shall have to imagine other things. Thus my life is a flight, and I lose everything, and everything belongs to oblivion, or to him. I do not know which of us has written this page. Number two on my list is called Poem of the Gifts. Uh, the gifts that Borges is referencing in this title is the gift of books, of which he loves. He has a lifelong love for books. And the gift of blindness. Borges went blind 
relatively early in life. And this is a poem about his blindness. Specifically, at the time that Borges is writing this, he's the director of the National Public Library in Buenos Aires. And at the end of the poem, he mentions a character named Grusek, who was the previous director of that same library. And Grusek was also blind. And so Borges talks about not being able to distinguish himself, to differentiate himself from the character of Grusek, the sort of finding in himself like a melding of those two people, a one sightless experience in the library. No one should read self-pity or reproach into the statement of the majesty of God, who with such splendid irony granted me books and blindness in one touch. Care of the city of books he handed over to sightless eyes, which now can do no more than read in libraries or dream the poor and senseless paragraphs that dawns deliver. To wishful scrutiny. In vain the day squanders on these same eyes its infinite tomes, as distant as the inaccessible volumes that perished once in Alexandria. From hunger and from thirst, in the Greek story, a king lies dying among gardens and fountains. Aimlessly, endlessly I trace the confines, high and profound, of this blind library. Cultures of East and West, the entire atlas, encyclopedias, centuries, dynasties, symbols, the cosmos, the cosmogenies, are offered from the walls, all to no purpose. In shadow, with a tentative stick, I try the hollow twilight. Slow and imprecise, I, who had always thought of paradise in form and image as a library. Something which certainly is not defined by the word fate arranges all these things. Another man was given on other evenings, now gone, these many books. He too was blind. Wandering through the gradual galleries, I often feel with vague and holy dread. I am that other dead one, who attempted the same uncertain steps on similar days. Which of the two is setting down this poem? A single sightless self? A plural I? What can it matter, then, the name that names me, given our curses common and the same? Grosek, or Borges. Now I look upon this dear world losing shape, fading away into a pale, uncertain, ashy gray that feels like sleep, or else oblivion. My third pick is Matthew 2530, and I already know that this is going to be probably my most controversial pick. Um, a lot of people read this poem and they're like, what was Borges thinking? You can't just make a long list of stuff and give it some weird, obscure title, which no one's going to even bother looking up, and call that a poem. Like, how is that even a poem, you know? Um, but I don't know. I think, I think Borges actually uh, pulls it off. I think this is an underrated poem. That's, that's my personal opinion on this one. For me, that ending, and you still not have written the poem, that's, that's really haunting for me. I think about that a lot. I think about all the creative things that I aspire to do, the writing, um, and I think about all the experiences that I had, all the books that I've read, all the people that I know, and the fact that I still haven't 
accomplish what I want to accomplish. And so this poem, in that way, really haunts me. The first bridge, Constitution Station, at my feet. The shunting trains trace iron labyrinths. Steam hisses up and up into the night, which becomes at a stroke the night of the last judgment. From the unseen horizon, and from the very center of my being, an infinite voice pronounced these things. Things, not words. This is my feeble translation, time-bound, of what was a single, limitless word. Stars, bread, libraries of East and West, playing cards, chessboards, galleries, skylights, cellars, a human body to walk with on the earth, fingernails growing at nighttime and in death, shadows for forgetting, mirrors busily multiplying, cascades in music, gentlest of all times shapes, borders of Brazil, Uruguay, horses and mornings, a bronze weight, a copy of Gretchen Saga, algebra and fire, the charge at Janine in your blood, days more crowded than Balzac, scent of the honeysuckle, love and the imminence of love, an intolerable remembering, dreams like buried treasure, generous luck, and memory itself, where a glance can make men dizzy. All this was given to you, and with it the ancient nourishment of heroes, treachery, defeat, humiliation. In vain have oceans been squandered on you. In vain the sun wonderfully seen through Whitman's eyes. You have used up the years, and they have used up you. And still, and still, you have not written the poem. My last poem for this list is Mirrors. And before you guys jump on me in the comment section, I just want to say I know. I know this is a really celebrated poem. This is definitely one of Borges' most celebrated and most appreciated poems. But I love this poem so much. This poem is so good in my opinion. There's just so much in this poem to unpack here. I love his reading of Shakespeare's Hamlet that he does like in the middle. Like I think about that all the time. This idea that Claudius, he gets insight, he gets visibility into himself because he sees the show, the play that Hamlet puts on in Hamlet. Um, and only in that pantomime, only in that reflection of reality can we gain clarity of sight into the true reality, into, into our own reality. And when I think about that, I think, you know, what is a better analogy for, for the power of art, art in general, uh, this reflection of the world that gives us clarity into the world? And the ending, of course, is so famous and just so haunting. God has created nights well populated with dreams, crowded with mirror images, so that man may feel that he is nothing more than a vain reflection. That is what frightens us. How do we know we're not dreaming? How do we distinguish? What is the difference between reality and dreams? What, what is reality? What is the self? I have been horrified before all mirrors, not just before the impenetrable glass, the end and the beginning of that space inhabited by nothing but reflections. Now, after so many troubling years of wandering beneath the wavering moon, I ask myself, what accident of fortune handed to me this terror of all mirrors, mirrors of metal, and the shrouded mirror 
of sheer mahogany, which in the twilight of its uncertain red softens the face and watches and in turn is watched by it. I look on them as infinite elemental fulfillers of a very ancient pact to multiply the world, as in the act of generation, sleepless and dangerous. They extenuate this vain and dubious world within the web of their own vertigo. Sometimes, at evening, they are clouded over by someone's breath, someone who is not dead. The glass is watching us. And if a mirror hangs somewhere on the four walls of my room, I am not alone. There is an other, a reflection, which in the dawn enacts its own dumb show. Everything happens. Nothing is remembered in those dimensioned cabinets of glass, in which, like rabbis in fantastic stories, we read the lines of text from right to left. Claudius, king for an evening, king in a dream, did not know he was a dream until that day, on which an actor mimed his felony with silent artifice in a tableau. Strange that there are dreams, that there are mirrors. Strange that the ordinary, worn-out ways of every day encompass the imagined and endless universe woven by reflections. God, I've begun to think, implants a promise in all that insubstantial architecture that makes light out of the impervious surface of glass and makes the shadow out of dreams. God has created nights well populated with dreams, crowded with mirror images, so that man may feel that he is nothing more than a vain reflection. That's what frightens us. So that's it. Let me know in the comment section below what you think are some of the most criminally underrated Borges poems. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.